Gino, you sent me a video that we did not watch. I'm so sorry for those listening on the podcast. I do uh, hashtags and headlines right before we, the wrestling journalist. And you sent me a wrestling-related fitness video that I definitely want to watch. So I apologize we didn't watch it during hashtags. But uh, your boy, Rick Boogs, uh, looks like he worked out in Flower Mound. I've worked out at this gym, Gino. Like, why... How come you didn't tell me while he was making the video? I don't know how I couldn't tell you. I found it recently. It was like, you know, you guys were talking about working. I was like, this would be perfect. Fuck the Celtic War, which was great sometimes. Like me, especially the Rey Mysterio one was really entertaining. But this is just better. The motherfucker just clanging and banging, proving that he is going after that pump that Arnold was talking about those years ago. Dude, I cannot believe I've like this is for sure the Flower Mound location, right? Like it says Dallas, which Flower Mound's pretty much Dallas. But Dude, come on. And and there's a lot of wrestling that happened, Gino. A, a draft happened uh, while we were away. Um, a, a Macklin opponent was announced. We didn't even get to talk about that yet. Wow. A lot in the wrestling world has changed. But uh, Eric Bugenhagen, our fucking favorite, um, amazing. And, yeah, uh, the Celtic Warrior workouts were awesome. And, Gino, it is kind of funny. Why do you watch this stuff? Like, you know, we talk about working out. We talk about fitness and you you do take it upon yourself to like I'm gonna watch YouTube of stuff, but I'm not I'm not gonna partake. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, here's the thing, I'm gonna be partaking. Still that damn crunch gym that's right by my work is still being renovated, still being worked on, but as soon as that shit's actually open to the public, I'm gonna be paying for that membership every goddamn month. Goodbye, horses. Okay, you're gonna be getting that crunch membership and then and once that happens you're gonna be you're gonna be boogs here. You're gonna be ready. What am I? What did I just grab? I grabbed the Dupree one. Okay, put Dupree right there. Give me boogs right over. I don't want it up there. Put it where. Put it by Gino down here. Yeah, Gino. So boogs. He's hitting this gym. All the dumbbells go up to like one ninety. So this is perfect for boogs and myself. One one thing about this gym is. The number one complaint online is the music is way too fucking loud. So Boogs is dumbbell pressing what looks to be, are those just 180s? No, just 180s. Are those 180s, Gino? And they have to be 180s. That's size and go. That's size he can get. But if he can go higher, you fucking definitely will. No matter oh, where he, he goes. He dropped him. I worked out with a coworker one time, and he fucking slammed the weight one time. And he almost like hit a girl in the leg. And I was so annoyed because... It's just gym etiquette 101. Don't slam your fucking weights. And he was doing, like, incline dumbbell press. So I get, like, for me, I put it on my knees when I'm done and I stand up. That's how I've always done it. It's the safest way. It's still in your hands. So if once you stand up, you can kind of look around. You can either set them down at your sides or just walk into the rack like you should. He fucking chucked the weight. And he had, like, and it wasn't even heavy. It was, like, a 50-pounder and, like, Bounce and almost killed a girl. It was very, very frustrating. Now this is no longer, uh, this is no longer in Flower Mound. He's doing some sort of behind the neck shoulder press, trying to tear. A, this is how you tear a labrum, Gino. It is how you tear a labrum. He's going after that pump, though. He knows that he's got to fucking keep going harder and harder to get that perfect pump. Look how excited you are to talk fitness, Gino. Why aren't you in the gym? Get you live next to an LA Fitness. Why don't you just walk there? I'd rather go to. Crunched than fucking LA Fitness. Look at this guy getting that tricep pump. Look at those rear delt flies, Gino. 
this motherfucker knows what he's fucking doing. That's why he was drafted and not a free agent. So he's got to be on a specific show and not just floundering until they get a contract. Great Boogs video, Gino. Now let's talk about the draft because is that how it works? That might have been the most confusing portion of the entire draft was the uh, he's got free agent status. Now Kevin Patrick remains the worst commentator I've ever heard. He even said like somebody was eating out and eating in somebody's mind. And Corey Graves had to say, this is a family show, KP. Like it was this really awkward moment on commentary. The whole show was an awkward moment on commentary. But uh, what what do you think about these drafts? Because we do them, in my head, we're doing them way too frequently or way too infrequently. I've no, I don't know where I stand on this. I remember when the first draft happened. And I think this is what Bruce even said on that. Something to wrestle with was it was supposed to just be one and done. It was supposed to be a draft, Raw and SmackDown, contracts would expire, it would be like the rival companies, and there wouldn't be this silly gimmicky draft every fucking year that we kind of fell into. It's time to shake things up again. And remember when they did the the first, like in 2004, they did the, the, the draft, it was like six picks. It was six guys are switching brands. Now we're redrafting the entire fucking brands every year? What is this? Well, it's their way of making sure, like, okay, we have to have also some call-ups that make sense or it's something fluid. So like, okay, just call up this team from NXT that people know, which I felt like night two made a lot more sense with the whole limit. It makes no sense anyway. But what they're trying to do, the whole pools, day one has one pool, day two has another pool. They've tried to make sense out of it, but it was they've, they've screwed it up since they had, like, the whole two days instead of just one day. That's my hope. Well, no, that's a good call because, like, having the pools is really confusing. But I understand why they do it. Like, well, you don't want all the big names to be drafted on one night. So there's a draft that takes place before the draft to see who's draftable on night one. Like, it just, in the way, and even in, even in your head, as somebody building a show, what if you want, some, like, what if you don't want all these people that are in pool number one and you want. More people from pool number two. Like, if you're drafting on Friday night and you want Seth Rollins, why do you have to wait until Monday? That's stupid. Like, why not just do it? Why not do it on just making its own fucking pay per view? We have our own network at this point. I understand that they they the initial idea is that it always pops a rating. Every draft episode over the years has popped a rating. This one in our raw didn't see an increase in viewership. I mean, it added one. I watched it. I actually watch Raw which I rarely do like with commercials and shit. So when when you're trying to pop a rating with this draft special, maybe having it be two nights waters it down. Maybe have Monday Night Raw have a draft. Dude, I and that that's dude. I call Gino dude. I like I really do think that Raw there's just the booking of it cuz even as the main event was happening with Solo and Seth, I just thought there's no stakes here. Like this sucks. Like at least I give Dynamite at least enough credit to have title matches every once in a while that matter. It feels like stuff is booked a few weeks in advance for just episodes of television where when we get to Raw, they throw together a main event that has no, none of us will remember this main event in six months. I mean, it's also because like they had to throw something together because we're at the pay-per-use this weekend and we can't do anything that yeah. changes anything until after the pay-per-use. So they did book themselves into court by having the pay-per-view happen right after the draft. Yeah, I, I like again. Like for me though, just the the way they book these raws is so 
non it's just so non there's a non-story it's and i know it's a go-home show it's a draft slash go-home show so the draft really was the main character of this episode of monday night raw we were just curious to who's gonna go where um and in my opinion gino kind of you know do you think triple h listens to the internet and gets mad and just does the opposite like is that do you think that's something that he would do at this point because everybody is like being so hip and saying well obviously they're going to break up damage control obviously they're going to break up this they're going to do this we really didn't break up as many things as i thought were like all the internet smarks were claiming we're going to get broken up nothing really got broken up it's not about being like upset like the internet was the whole weeks and weeks we had build up be like all these teams getting broken up then like the day before friday night's back they're like no teams will be broken up. They're all going to be drafted as teams. So it's like, okay, so our weeks and weeks of build up meant nothing. Perfectly fine. Do this. We now have all these teams. So now we know where things are going to go. And I'm just, Barbie was happy with, the only thing I was happy about was the call-ups. I like some of my boys being on the main roster, a special grace and Waller at the end, being the last one drafted. Well, so I actually had, I actually had something for that too. Let's just do that. Let's just do an NXT draft. Like the NFL does the NCAA draft. Everyone does collegiate drafts. That's a great idea. Like every, like the raw after WrestleMania can be the NXT draft and three people, each, you know, each show gets three picks or something and you're going to get three call-ups from NXT and Maybe there's going to be some send downs too. Like it could be like baseball. It's like you're going back to the minors, kid. Like maybe there's like something like that. I like the idea of incorporating NXT a little bit more. I thought the way they did it with this was actually kind of stupid. Like, like when when Pretty Deadly got picked, like so you, we all knew they were eligible. Like, like did I know that? I didn't know that. It was it just everyone on NXT was eligible and. If you take a pretty deadly, who doesn't get drafted when you do something like that? It, like the the rules of the draft were so convoluted. Because back to my original question, what does the free agent bullshit mean? Why does Brock Lesnar get it? Why does Omos get it? Why does Shelton Benjamin get it? Is it just they weren't drafted at all? So do they get to decide which brand they go to, or is it like a Heath Slater, like they're unemployed until they get signed? I think in kayfabe it's that they just don't have a contract right now. Eventually, after Backlash, they might get signed to one of the two shows, except for Brock, because they'll be on both shows. And Omos in kayfabe can be on both shows. Yeah, but the others have to like have a contract to be able to be a superstar. Or, or maybe that's what it. Maybe that's what free agent status means. You just go to whichever show you want until you're offered a, an exclusive deal. Because when they described it for Brock and Omos, it sounded like it sounded like MVP negotiated for Omos. Like, you know, he's not being drafted. He gets to pick where he goes, or he's not being drafted. He's on both shows. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, that's in my head, that's how they announce this free agency thing. But when you look at the list of free agents from Baron Corbin to Cedric Alexander, like, those guys don't have the same. He hate me, says, hey, Vilites, did you know Gino revealed last week that he wore a 5XL fat fuck? I already knew that, all right? I just said Gino the Manscaped shirt, all right? Well, I knew Gino's shirt size. And Gino, we love you for it, okay? It's fine. 5X, you're working on getting out of it. Just that damn crunch fitness will not open, so you will not work out until until then. And I agree in the chat. He hate me, says, pretty deadly was overdue. Yeah, I agree. And I know you watch NXT, but I don't think enough people give a shit. Like, when they said Alba Fire, I forgot who that was. 
I mean, when they get out of fire, people don't like that fucking name. Kaylee Ray is such a better name. That's how people remember. They're like, oh, that was her. Okay, they they forget that because they have the shitty fucking name and this wannabe coven group, which is fine. Again, I like Isla Dawn. But wannabe yes, like, they don't give us a lot of tension like we should with NXT. They're just like, the only time we see it on the main roster is, oh, Friday Night SmackDown tomorrow. Here's what's happening on NXT. They don't incorporate like they need to, especially with some of these characters that can be free as bet like Says Gino, please do Tybo punch out. <laughs> Tybo, yeah, like some with... Tybo, Gino. Yes, I should be doing Tybo. Should be doing whatever I can, but right now I'm busy with this fucking new job. Still working at a stash mark, but right now I get pretty deadly gets killed off NXT by the family. But now they're on the main roster. I'm excited. Just I'm excited that the Dyad will get an NXT Tag Team Championship opportunity soon. They are not released. They will not get their release. They're going to be Tag Team Champions and hopefully re-sign with WWE. And you said they weren't going to break up tag teams. They kind of teased it with Rhea Ripley being drafted separately. But then later on, Judgment Day is just drafted to the same one. Like Hug Glissom 07 says, pick up your glasses, Gene Bean. Ro uh, Romo, what's his name? Roman Reigns gets drafted to SmackDown, and then you're like, oh, maybe the bloodline's going to get separated. No, don't worry about it. They'll be drafted later on. So, like another another example of teasing that we're gonna we're gonna move some things around, and we and we Geno just vacuum says Gino is my n word, and I didn't even know about the, some of these supplemental draft picks from after SmackDown. Uh, Apollo Cruz went to Raw. I saw that on Instagram. They kind of teased that like it was a big deal. Um, is that a big deal? Like that's another like the SmackDown lowdown draft picks. That you know, like I know they're trying to add. We need a velocity. We need velocity. We need a SmackDown B show to kind of you know help some of the to help these Apollo Cruises of the world. He's no longer. made in Japan says keep being your authentic self, Gino, and live your truth and slay. Don't you think we're like just so. Apollo Cruz, okay, well, he had his his uh, his real African American gimmick, which I thought was awesome. Really enjoyed it. It obviously fizzled out. Now he went back to NXT. Now he's coming back. Isn't he just going to be Titus Worldwide guy again? Like, has his character developed that much in NXT? I feel like his character has developed a lot more in NXT, and hopefully he develop it so much that he doesn't go out fishing with his opponent again and write poetry. Hopefully he changes and is something new, but still becomes like a badass like he was in NXT. Candice LeRae stays on Raw. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville are going to Raw. Uh, Dexter Loomis going to Raw. Hit Row. I didn't see any of this shit. JD McDonough, what a waste. They even showed his little picture in the graphic, and he just looks like such an oddly shaped human being. JD is amazing. I'm a big fan of JD McDonough. What I love is that he's on Raw with Walter. Well, we got to do Gunther versus JD McDonough would be a banger or a match anywhere on the fucking don't, planet. Uh, don't you hate Jordan Devlin? Don't you hate the sex allegations? You're one of those guys, aren't you? Didn't you say you deserve Those are allegations. Them? Nothing has been confirmed yet, like there was for Trent Seven, which I believe that was more allegations that he realized were not true. So he went against those people making those fake allegations. JD McDonough did nothing wrong. The Maximum Male Models going to Raw. Natalia going to Raw. The Viking Raiders going to Raw. Zoe Stock getting the call up. Everyone's been saying that's overdue. I, I get worried. Like, the draft is a very exciting time. All these people are showing up on this roster. It's going to be a great time. But we do have that, that moment where we realize we have too many people on this fucking show. Like, what are we going to do with Candice LeRae? Like, what are we going to do with Lacey Evans on SmackDown? Like, you don't like the market is just going to be oversaturated. Like Zoe Stark's going to have a couple good weeks, but at least with the women's division in WWE, they don't have long-term booking plans. 
for the women, really. Like, it's just kind of like even when Shayna and Ronda got drafted, I thought, oh, my God, they're still doing that? Like, it's just oddly placed the way they're doing some of this shit. So, I don't know, Gina, what do you think? Like, for this draft in particular, are you more excited? Because you're a lot more I've been I've been loving WWE. Like everyone at work kind of has been shitting on it lately, and like I don't know, it feels it feels better than it did the last six months. Like that that Raw after WrestleMania, I thought was fantastic. Everybody hated it. Uh, I've been enjoying the shows as I've been watching them, but I think this draft. I don't know. Let me. What do you think? All right. So with after both days, and then after a day of thinking over, like, okay, how do I feel about all this? I feel like this is an improvement with what they're doing with the roster. Especially, we're gonna have like small, fun little things. So we have Johnny, Candice, Indy, and Dexy all on the same show. While Theory is being his own man on SmackDown, while also having one of the biggest moments that I'm now realizing after thinking about it, the thing we need to like plug in immediately after Backlash when Austin beats the triple threat and becomes champion still him versus Grayson Waller would be an amazing contest of two charismatic individuals that could just go on for months. Oh my future. God. That sounds awful. Now I don't want to watch wrestling anymore. Grayson Waller healed, hanging out with Austin theory heel in a feud that lasts for months. You say two guys that aren't charismatic, but they're charismatic. I love it. Gino, you've won me over again. Is that, that sounds terrible, dude. Are you, you're not serious. We need to have Grayson Waller is going to have six months of squash matches. He's going to have three months of a great build-up feud with Austin. I'm telling you this right now. We're going to have the two charismatic guys all about being like this Zoomberg characters. So they're going to be the greatest we've ever seen on SmackDown. What's Zoomberg mean? What does that mean? Zoomer, Z babies. Oh, like Zoomer. Just, uh, Z generation. Zoomers. Gotcha. Some Zoomers. They're not, are they Zoomers? How old is Grayson Waller? I think Grayson's like 30, right? I think he's right up there. That's a millennial. Our generation. I'm a millennial. Yeah, he's right, still millennial, not Zoomer. He, they're still... The theory is a zoomer. He's in the two thousands. Yeah, Grayson, I think, is a little bit older than Theory if I I don't know. Either way, that sounds awful, dude. That's like he hate me in the chat says Grayson Waller's underrated. I've watched Grayson Waller. He's not good. Um Cameron Grimes is good. We got Cameron Grimes going to the main roster finally. That's huge for him. Um I'm excited to see what they can do with some Cameron Grimes, but I don't know, dude. Like you, you made me more upset. Because not only am I not a Fury guy, now he's hanging out, and now he's feuding with Waller. Like, and they treat these United. Well, I guess with the, another major title being introduced, it does kind of push down, like the. Because remember, they were really trying to make the U.S. and Intercontinental titles major championships, and they're just they're not. Um, when you have a major champion who has two belts, it makes everyone else with a belt not look as impressive. So don't try and sell me. Austin Theory in a main event when the real main event didn't show up tonight. So we haven't even talked about that, you know, because that happened, I think, during the hiatus. We had the World Heavyweight Championship be introduced. What are your thoughts on this belt, bro? Well, my thoughts on the belt, I'm trying to recall. Seth Rollins is on rise, not SmackDown, where he should beat Roman. So he needs to be champion. I feel like, yes, we have this World Heavyweight title belt with the big WWE logo on it. It's fine. It's whatever. I don't care because still at least big gold exists and Seth Rollins should be the first WWE world champion. Well, so hold on. A couple of weeks ago you were saying Cody Rhodes should beat Roman Reigns. So now Seth should beat Roman Reigns? Why the change of tune? Because Seth has been the only man, at least in kayfabe, that has beaten Roman Reigns once. Well, the last person to beat Roman Reigns is Baron Corbin. Did you know that? 
And that's one of the few people. Hey, man, Xavier Woods also have wins over Roman Reigns, but Seth Rollins has a win over Roman Reigns while he was champion. I was throwing at this belt at work, and I hated it. And I guess it looks like big gold, right? Like, is it? It looks smaller, though. Is it smaller? It is probably like a bit smaller than big gold normally would be, but I think it's all because we have this image. Maybe if someone is willing to pay that five hundred, six hundred dollars at every shop, we could see just how big this new big gold really is i would never buy one of these fake fucking belts i i've never understood that and what's insane is when you go to a wrestling event and people are buying those i'm like no you four hundred dollars to buy that what are you gonna do with that what are you going to do with that other than bring it here like that's just that's a great investment on wwe's part like well we're gonna make these for for 30 bucks people will buy them for 400 and then feel invested that they have to bring this shit back to wear it around the crowd. So now they're going to buy tickets every time we're in their area. Nobody should buy these. Do you have one? I do have a world championship belt replica somewhere around this house. I don't know where. There's so much stuff. This house, we've poured it so much shit over the years. It just makes me feel sad. Thank I, you about it. I like that's you, that. That is you admitting it. And you are a staunch liberal, Gino, which my theory for those who listen to he hashtags hate me, and says Gino won't lose an ounce of weight until he gets access to the performance center and its magical that's powers. That's true. You have a very inflated view of the performance center and how it actually works. So maybe that's a good point there. But yeah, um... Yeah, you admitted it, Gino. You're very sad. It's okay, Gino. Look at this belt, though. So I'm not buying this belt. You said you have a world. You mean big gold? Do you have the big gold belt? Is that what you mean? I sadly don't have the big gold belt, but I won the WWE championships. That was like the the black strap with the W on, not the red or the blue. Just the oh, black. just like the Rock one, like the one, like the newer one. Kind of like the Rock one, yes. The newer okay. one that was a black strap, not blue or red. So just, yeah, like the WWE championship. Yes, the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Okay, the heavy. Okay, I thought when you said, I think you said World at first, so I was like, oh, you got the World Heavyweight Title. So Gino's got his WWE Championship. Uh, awesome. I mean, that's it. Still looks like that, it, doesn't it? Where are you getting this? The, the blue one is the Universal one. Yes, the blue one is the Universal. They also would have the red one being the Universal, but I have the WWE heavyweight championship which is the second title that roman has which i guess that's gonna turn into one championship because it's no longer unified i think they're just gonna get the they're just gonna keep that black one right you get rid of the color the color for bullshit and we just go back to black leather it looks more professional anyway turn that shit on good song thank you yeezus for the stay safe spell i much appreciated i i think the belt is okay when he debuted it on raw i thought oh no that looks like shit, but it, like the more I look at it, it is big gold modernized with the WWE logo on it. It's but when you have the WWE championship that you have, Gino, that W is so fucking big. This belt looks very similar to their Intercontinental title with like a smaller W, so it, it already feels like not it. And that's why that that's why big gold just made sense. It had, didn't have a WWE look. It had a little baby one on the top, but it just th them trying to make WWE the the centerpiece also makes you realize, oh, it's not as big as the other one. Yes, it's not as big as the other one, but at least it is a big gold championship belt that we're going to be able to see Seth Rollins hold this championship before Cody. I think you got you can't give it to Cody right away, right? You got to go Seth first because uh, my coworker was pissed. He's like, "Why would Cody get? Why was Cody not on SmackDown?" And I said, "Like, well, look at the draft. Like, realistically." What would the draft order be? You'd go Roman Reigns, and then you'd go Cody Rhodes. Like that's just that makes sense how you would draft like that. So, uh, 
I, I Cody Rhodes is going to Raw, but yeah, like you look at the top talent on Raw between between the Gunther, I think he's going to be a major player going forward. You still have a Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre returns to Raw after everybody told me he was retiring. Uh, the Miz always going to be a big player. Shinsuke got kind of a spotlight on Monday, which I liked. Uh, he he looks he looks happier. Um, do you think we're going to get another resurgence of Nakamura? And I hope we get a resurgence of Nakamura, but after them also spoiling that, oh, Brandy's come back and he's going to, that's just spoils the whole idea. Like, even though they weren't making it any fucking, not at all obvious that he was going to come back, beat the fuck Hearts out of Riddle. Riddle's on the same Dallas show as Randy, suck. so it's going to happen. And now we know for sure it's happened. When did they spoil that? I missed that. Was that on Raw? They did announce Randy Orton was drafted. Yes, I think it was either Raw or Raw Talk. They announced that Randy is drafted to the same show as Riddle. Where? That's not announced. Where did you see that? Randy Orton. Let me look at that. That's This is big news, Gino. You're a wrestling journalist. Yes, I pay attention to Raw Talk. Randy Orton drafted 2023. Is it going to be like Kevin Patrick? Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, other names notably excluded from WWE draft eligibility. Uh, Bray Wyatt, Biggie, Randy Orton, among notable names not eligible for draft. Randy Orton is the is uh, elig- is not eligible for draft. Uh, where'd you see this, Cheeto? No, no one else is agree- no one else is reporting on this except for you. Brian Alvarez said on Figure Four Online earlier today that Randy Orton is on Raw. From what he saw, the roster that was drafted, Randy's on Raw with Riddle. Oh man, you you guys are breaking news. Um, so. I don't, dude, I don't see that anywhere, Gino. So WWE announced on Raw Talk because you said it was a Raw Talk thing. So notable- Yes, I believe it was Raw Talk. It was the entire draft. Like he said, like who's on Raw, who's on SmackDown. After that whole Raw Talk and every form of supplemental draft picks that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are on the same show. So we're just looking forward to when Randy beats the fuck out of that boost. This was eight hours ago. So I don't. you said this happened earlier today. So this was eight hours ago. Uh Notable names missing from the promotion's roster shakeup include Bray. They include Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Big E, Logan Paul. Who wrote this? Alexa Bliss, Uncle Howdy, Tommaso Ciampa, Shanky, R Truth, Robert Roode, Aaliyah, and Carmella. The new WWE rosters are set to come into effect following backlash. It is known that the wrestlers listed above are currently dealing with injuries. Orton, Big E, Ciampa, Roode. Where the f- – so, okay, let's just type in figure figure four, you said, right? Yes, yeah, I'm up Brian. I was on his show because I decided, you know, that was 306. I was like, you know, let me pull up his YouTube video that he does live. I was like, well, what, what does he got to say about the draft? And he randomly said, like, Robert Roode and Randy are on Raw, and so is Matt Verso. So I was like, so he somehow knows this shit that we weren't told <laughs> and we were suddenly we're excluded. I was like, okay, Randy and Riddle, we already know they're going to feud, so he already saw, plugged that in. And it was this. Was told, I this know. is why you're a legend because you say they already leaked it. Like you said, they did that, and then you said, yeah, they said it on Raw Talk because I because you even said I pay attention to Raw Talk. Like you made it sound like we're assholes for not knowing this, and then you say Brian Alvarez is the one who said it, and then you said, well, I don't know how Brian would know. Like it went from I saw it on Raw Talk because I pay attention to I don't know fucking Brian said it on his show. So maybe it's true. I don't know. He said Robert Roode and Randy Orton are on Raw. So that meant WWE leaked it slash WWE announced it on Raw Talk. Do you see do you see how we do this? Yes, Raw Talk nobody watched, so we watched Brian Alvarez talk about it. 
So do we go figure four? How do, why do you find it? You just go to Wrestling Observer now? What is it? Wrestling Observer? And it's figure four online, but I think you now, hey, Sally, if you want to watch the video that I'm watching, you have to be a subscriber for it. He does it live, then he puts behind the fucking paywall. But they don't put like headlines up. Like Wisdom zero seven says spoilers. Yeah, they don't put they don't put like notes up. Like Randy Orton drafted a wrong. Like no other news site is reporting that. No, no one's fucking reporting about what Brian Alvarez said. I was the only one who was paying attention to what the fuck Brian said that entire time we was talking to Mike, which no one fucking cares about Mike Sempervivi. Yeah, I, I, you're alone on that one, Gino. So, okay, so let's assume that Brian Alvarez doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, I don't even know what that means. What? How did we even get here? So, for like a Randy Orton, um, he's so the way I've already looked at this, we have a six man tag in Puerto Rico. Does Randy help Riddle get a victory? Does Randy attack Riddle at this event to make sure that the the villains win? What are we? <laughs> what do we do with our best friends, Randy? Well, since it's not even for the tag team titles, it makes sense for Randy to get involved and screw over his best friend Riddle because Riddle's hey, best yeah. friends now with these two losers who are champion just because he's trying to be all philosophical. Like, even though he's your bro, you're going to have issues, bro, but it's okay, bro. That whole, like, philosophical bro, Riddle being like, you know what, I can be friends with you guys now, but then Randy's be like, you piece of shit, you betrayed my trust as a friend he's gonna kill him it's gonna be what great. if yeah because what if we have may, maybe what we need to do instead is is you, you want to have theory versus waller for three months maybe we can have randy and riddle chasing kevin owens and sammy and that's where orton can either turn on riddle or riddle they both turn heel like we can play around a little bit with the, with this tag team this tag team division that we're building up here on mondays because uh, I think I believe all of them are still on Raw. According to you and Brian Alvarez, Randy Orton was drafted to Raw on Raw Talk. So I'm excited. I think Randy Orton's going to do great when he comes back. He wants to wrestle until he's 50. So he's got one more WWE Championship run in him. He should win that first belt. So you're looking at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Seth is a great first choice. He doesn't because if Cody wins it, it also looks like well he couldn't beat Roman. So this is already a step down from the other belt. Um, to establish this belt's credibility, you want to have yeah a Seth Rollins who you know uh, Roman could not beat him at the Royal Rumble a couple years back. So Seth has still never gotten that rematch. He's an easy first champion. Is there anyone? Out of the or like, is there anyone crazy? Because when they had Shinsuke on Raw, I thought, what if Shinsuke is just the fucking champion? What a, what an interesting thing to do. But is it just so obvious they're gonna go with Seth? It's obvious they'll go with Seth, or because we do have Indashir on the main roster now on Raw, we could have Jinder be the first world champion. That'd be a big like monkey wrench in the situation no one would ever expect. Or what I think would be a perfect first pick for perfect first champion, Odyssey Jones. He's finally back from his injury. He could be the oh world champion and prove why you need to keep an eye on NXT town like Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Jones is terrible. I'm shocked that they were like, this will be great. Like, and that's why they did it on Raw Talk or whatever. Odyssey Jones gets the call up, Gino. You're a big fan and you're the only one. So no one wants that. And I know you're just – you, dude, does that make you laugh when you listen later? That hurts my he feelings. He hate me, says Gino's yet another typical liberal spreading misinformation fat too. <laughs> misinformation fat too. That could be your, your name. Gino, nobody likes Odyssey Jones. 
Honestly, Jones was a great call-up we needed, but also in this year, we've had that entire group, which I'm really glad to see, with Veer finally back on Raw with his buddy, sat up by saying, I forget his name, Ben fucking Jinder, who was the leader, and Jinder would be a perfect world champion, but I think we might do in this year versus Imperium before we have J.D. McDonough beat Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh my god, you're making it way worse. You liking NXT is ruining the main roster. The main roster was actually getting pretty good. And now it's getting worse with all of your ideas. And maybe Triple H is even going to look at these as like favors, like to Sean. Like, yeah, you know, uh, I I know I don't really like Odyssey, but you know, you think he's you think he's a good talent? Okay, okay, I'll I'll, I'll put him in the main event with Brock. Because that could happen, Gino. Oh, please don't let it. I think that'd be a great main event, but what we need to see before him and Odyssey, we need to see Brock versus Masse. Masse needs to have his one moment where he beats the fuck out of Brock because we have not been having that. We've been built up for years since that fucking commentary spot with the table that he's been waiting for his revenge on Brock Lesnar. So hopefully one day Masse will beat the fuck out of Brock. Isn't Od- didn't Odyssey Jones used to like be over the top gay? Am I, am I thinking of the wrong person? That's Quincy Elliott. Oh, okay. So who's who? I, I was looking at Odyssey Jones. I don't even know who this is now. Didn't this guy win the breakout tournament? I thought he was like a gay character. Yes, he won the breakout. He won the breakout tournament. He was basically gonna be like the new Mark Henry. They were building this guy up to be like he's the next world strongest man. This motherfucker who's happy, energetic, like the babyface Mark Henry. And this guy is friends with the uh, Idris Enofe and the other dude, Blake Black. I forget his name. But they are a great oh team God. and they're great friends. And Austin Jones did get injured, so it did halt his entire push for a good minute. But now he's back and he's on the main roster. Gosh, sometimes your subtle racism just slips out, Gino. And you're like, oh, I'm just a black dude. I can't remember. Damn, Gino. So this is your Odyssey Jones guy. This isn't who I thought it was. On the outside, that is Mr. Stone. He took yeah. your fashion advice, by the way, that whatever he wears yeah. now on the inside yeah. of yeah. Yeah. He looks a lot better tonight. He he looks looks a lot is that Dolph? That's Fawn Wagner with Mr. Stone as his manager still to this day. Remember how they thought Von Wagner was going to be a big deal? <laughs> what happened with that? Like he They really- immediately put him to the main roster for one week as a bodyguard for fucking Adam Pierce. They did nothing with him, so he just goes right back to NXT and has Mr. Stone as his manager. He, now. It's yeah, also they- sad he's Mr. and not Robert Stone. When they launched... Parts made in Japan says Genos Georgia is showing. When they launched like NXT 2.0, Von Wagner was like their edge. Like That was their guy. They were going to push this Von Wagner. They had Braun Breaker. They had the next generation of like, hey, stop thinking about all those guys from the indies you know, okay? We're making our own talent here now, so go fuck yourselves. And Von Wagner was kind of that first one. And look at him now. Odyssey Jones gets the call up, not this fucking guy. It's because they are not ready to call up Mr. Stone, but hopefully one day Mr. Stone will be on the main roster. Is Dolph Ziggler no longer with the company? He didn't get drafted. He's one of the free agents. He's in that pool, so hopefully one day he will get signed to a contract. But right now, he doesn't have a job. He's got no kids. He just has a Hollywood hunk of a brother. Is his career is he done? Because he's he's forty, right? Like we're we're we've gotten as much as we're gonna get out of Dolph Ziggler, and I really missed opportunities, right? Like I, I look at like he checks so many boxes. We talk about Ricky Starks checking boxes. How many boxes does does Dolph Ziggler check? And I'm even going back to like 2011 when his, his feud with Edge. Like he was feuding for the World Heavyweight Championship back then. 
And he was always upper mid-carder, flirting with that main event. He had a really good Money in the Bank cash-in. And everybody thought, wow, this is like a launch pad to superstardom. They did the double turn with Del Rio, where Del Rio gave him a concussion. And it's like, wow, we're building to an awesome feud between Del Rio and Ziggler. And Ziggler kind of just fell backwards. He just never really like captured that same momentum. He was the sole survivor in that uh that Survivor Series match against the Authority back in 2014. He'll have one moment every like now and again where you're thinking, wow, they're going to do something awesome with Dolph, and then it never happens. And they did really try their best with that NXT run he just had not too long ago. They really tried to push, be like, this motherfucker has finally got this moment. He's showing up NXT, going after that championship. And it was a really good run. I felt like he was doing a good job there. But I think he is just like he wants to be done just so he could support his brother and do stand-up comedy. Yeah, he has a lot of things going on outside of wrestling that I always always kind of forget. Like, he he likes stand-up comedy, and he... You know, I didn't listen to him on Chris Chris Van Vliet's show, but I know that he likes to do that kind of stuff, and he wants his movie is good. I don't care what anybody says. You remember his movie, right? I don't remember what it was called. He has one. He's in two movies. Also, in his, he's also in his brother's movie Heels, which is actually a really good movie. It's worth watching. I love Ryan Nemeth, and I love that he supports his brother no matter what by wearing a Hollywood hunk shirt during that whole Ryan Van Vliet show. Chris, Chris Van Vliet show. Yeah, like Chris. I think that's cool too. I think that is like, you know, you know, I have a brother. Um, but yeah, I, I just I look at Dolph's career as somebody who was always right there. They would bring him in for I remember when they brought him in for that Kofi Kingston feud. I thought maybe they will pull the trigger. It was bad timing, obviously. Like Dolph's not gonna be the guy to dethrone Kofi right now. But like they brought him in as a main eventer and they kind of teased us, like, hey, you know, Dolph's back, Dolph's legit. And then he just kinda because there was even that Royal Rumble where he showed up and like JBL was like, I thought he retired. And like, yeah, why Why has he been pretty much retired since 2019? Like, you would assume, I guess there was even like the pandemic era. Wasn't he there wrestling in the Thunderdome? Like, he's he's always been around, but I don't know why there's not, like, he just hasn't ever got past. He's never gotten past, like, the. he's a one-time world champion and he'll never be champion again. Yes, he's a two-time world champion, never going to be champion again. He's just going to be floundering in, in and around the mid-card to the main event. I believe he's two-time, if I'm not mistaken. was the first time he won it, then he got injured, so he had to lose it, then he won it oh, again. Oh, well, so he, he had that joke where, like, Vicky Guerrero was the general manager, and she gave him the belt, and then he lost it to Edge on that same episode of SmackDown. So they they definitely had that. Um but then he won it for real with the cash in from Del Rio. So I don't know if they did that, like Vicky giving him the belt just to say like he's a one time and he was just NXT champion. So I guess three time champ. Um, and then NXT run, you're right, was interesting. It made people like me who didn't want to watch NXT 2.0. I at least wanted to see why Dolph Ziggler was the champion now. Like, all right, I'll, I'll check Genos this out. Genos Vacuum says that fame asser finish is kiss of death to career. Could be. Well, I liked when he was just dropping super kicks. I thought he already kind of – he was wearing the Shawn Michaels boots. He kind of wrestled like Shawn, just throw some super kicks here and there, and it made sense for that character. Um, but – I don't know. I don't know why Dolph, because what's he? What what's the last thing he did? Have you been on his cage match lately? I have not been on his cage match lately. Let's see what he's done. Was he on a house show recently that they just decided not to tell us about? Then try to book us. Be like, why aren't we there seeing Dolph Ziggler, the wrestler, whoever on this house? Yeah, show? like this is our fault that Dolph isn't 
Dolph isn't is over. We didn't buy enough of those purple, sh- those pink shirts that were like DZ. We didn't buy enough of those. So let's see. Let's go to cage match and let's find our main man, Dolph Ziggler. Um, because, yeah, like I said, another guy that you kind of, he was, you look at WWE, he's going to be, he's at, he has to have one of the lengthier WWE careers. He's only a 7.8. He's the tip, he's the premier upper mid Carter, right? He's right up there. He's been given so many good matches, but that's all he is. He's just a good worker. All right, here we go, Gino. Let's see. What was our last Ziggler match? Uh, Dol- Damian Priest defeats Dolph Ziggler on April 29th, WWE Saturday Night's main event house show in Paris. So he's there. He's still working to this day. I mean, he's an active member of their of their roster, and I guess the most that he can contribute is just having matches on house shows and no, nothing on the television product. Yeah, he at least is helping these jaded millennials like you tall Tyler Breeze. He's helping Damian Priest punishment get over because everyone knows how great of a worker Priest is. He, so beat, it's like, you don't give <laughs> he defeated Tyler Bate on an episode of Main Event. Um, that was That was a couple weeks ago. He was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I don't remember that. I remember the match. I don't remember him being in it. Gunther beat him on a Raw back in March. So maybe he's been there more than I remember. He must be getting cut from Hulu is probably what's happening. Um, lost to Omos in 50 seconds. Defeats Mustafa Ali at a house show. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so he's still a very active member. I felt like he's been off TV for months. But nope, Dolph Ziggler hanging in there, dude. I mean, he also was in the middle of that program with Ali, which now created this positively Ali, positively leap. Then I actually kind of was interested, like, where will this go? Will we see more Dolph? But no, Dolph's just outside, and we just have this positively Ali. And and maybe some of it is 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 him. Like, I heard him on, I think it was Edge and Christian's podcast. He was saying, like, he's not a mark for anything. So he doesn't have any excitement when they book him and stuff, and maybe that does affect his his stance in the company. They're like, Dolph, you're going to main event SummerSlam with Dean. He's like, okay, cool. It's like, no, 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 you're going to, for the WWE Championship, you versus Dean. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, how much time do we get? Yeah, oh, you guys are going to get 17 minutes. Cool, okay, all right, thanks. Like, uh, no, Dolph, you're getting a W. Like, that's probably his biggest problem is that they want, he doesn't really give a shit. So he's not campaigning to be the world champion. He's not campaigning to be on house shows. They're just kind of like, yeah, we have Dolph Ziggler. But if he went to like an impact, can't you see him being like a mega player? I could see him and Ryan Nemeth have the greatest tag team run we've ever seen in any professional wrestling because I think the two Hollywood hunks would be perfect as a tag team. That's what I think he really wants. He doesn't care about what he does. He just wants to support his brother and wrestle with his brother for the rest of his life. I think he couldn't give a shit about his brother when it comes to going to Impact Wrestling, dude. Like, go to Impact, be Nick Nemeth finally. Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, they're already there. They're all friends. And I even said mega player. He could be the. They could change their names to the mega players. Uh, I think that that's a much better place for him to go. PCO's getting a title match. Dolph Ziggler would be a fucking triple crown champion by the weekend. My PCO gets this title match, but it's a well deserved title opportunity, which I'm really hyped for. This uh, bitch fucking. Steve McLegan, this changing of the guard, and then he just has a fucking trap that PCO is willing to go through to beat the fuck out of this loser because PCO is not human. Uh, 
What? So what do you think about that? Do you think it's too quick to do the PCO thing, or is that the most obvious? Is that like the post-WrestleMania, let's just do it, let's go John Cena, Brock, no reason to wait. Like, they're just going to dive right into it. Do you think that's a good move? Do you think we should have waited? Or is it just kind of perfect because we know that we know Macklin's going to win anyway? It's a good first opponent to have. They knew, like, okay, he had this big casket match. We beat up fucking Eddie Edwards. We have to have at least someone who looks credible as the opponent for Steve Macklin. PCO makes sense because we're still trying to figure out when we're going to implement Magnus, Nick Aldis, to be in that world topic, which most likely will be bound for glory. Uh, well, Slammiversary, right? Are we not going to Slammiversary first for that? What, what do you think the plans are for the, the June pay-per-view? Because Rebellion to Slammiversary is the shortest time between pay-per-views. So if you already think you can use Magnus as your or, or Nick Aldis as your top babyface and Josh Alexander is not going to be in, you know, returning from injury yet, don't you do that one now? Or do you think we just kind of have a throwaway at Slammiversary? You know, now that I think about it, you, might Brett, I was thinking like we won't have like the biggest match for Battle for Glory, so maybe Slamverse we do get this, and we could see where things lie. Because a part of me wants one other person as a free agent to be on Impact that I think would be a perfect addition to this roster, It'd be a perfect dish for a heel or babyface. That being Richard Holiday, since he's in remission, he could be a contracted wrestler, and hopefully, he can show up in Impact. Is that are you are you making that up or is that something that he's teased? He oh, he hasn't teased about signing anywhere, but he did say that his cancer is a remission, so he can go back to work and hopefully he does sign somebody somewhere since he's free from MLW. Okay, so Kevin even messaged me a couple of days ago like MLW sucks. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. I assume it's amazing. How dare he? Um, so let's take a look at Under Siege because that's the next premium live event. When is when is that? I think that's like in two weeks. It's not this weekend. I think it's the weekend after. It's in May. Dude, why would WWE? Thank you so much, uh, Channel 143. Why would WWE book an event this weekend, by the way? We have a UFC event, and we also have uh, Canelo Alvarez is having a fight. So Saturday night, there's three different fucking pay-per-views to watch. Why are they doing this on a Saturday? This is the If ever there's a perfect time for them to retreat to Sunday nights when they used to do their shows, this is the one. And I think this is why they would do Sunday nights is because there's a lot of competition for pay-per-views on Saturdays. Why? Why? Why do this on a Saturday? There's way too much shit on. And I think they already just paid ahead of time and already planned ahead of time for this big night at Puerto Rico and have this be a big pay-per-view premium live event in Puerto Rico. So they're like, we got to do this. We're stuck here. Even with all these other matches, the other cards, these other pay-per-views, we're like, we're stuck here. We got to do this because this is what we booked ourselves into. Well, and they're even doing the like the the. Thank you so, and and they're even doing like the press conference on Friday morning. So there's probably a lot more that goes into booking these these events because yeah, if you, even if you do it on a Sunday and now you're trying to get you're trying to get everybody back to to the mainland. Thank you so much. The man is real. Vince McMahon's mustache. Um, so May 26th is when Under Siege takes place. So we're going to have a triple threat match. Are, wait, are we have another one? No, no, no. It's just a singles match. Trey Miguel and Chris Saban. That sounds, I mean, that sounds fine. Um, we have uh, PCO is going to take on Macklin for the world championship. Last chance match for the impact title. Grace is going to take on Deanna. If Grace loses, she would not be able to challenge for the title. Um, is Grace, did Grace resign? I haven't seen any headlines. I know you're the wrestling journalist here. What are we expecting from Jordan Grace? 
I have not seen any headlines about Jordan Grace, but there is a caveat because that person who ever put it on Wikipedia did not put the rest of the caveat. That being, Jordan Grace could not challenge for the Impact Knockouts Championship as long as Deanna is champion. So there still is that leeway that if somehow she does lose, she could still beat Kodrick with Impact and eventually challenge for when Deanna loses that title. Right. I guess that's a weird... That's a weird reason to call it a last chance match, but I mean, that's fine. And yeah, this isn't Wikipedia. Thank you, Jesus. This is ringside news, Kevin's friends. Um, so yeah, if Grace loses, never challenge as long as Parazzo is the champion. So we already got some championship matches booked. We're coming off of a really good rebellion. We're building up to, towards the Slammiversary. Do we get King of the Mountain matches again at Slammiversary? Isn't that what really solidifies that pay-per-view? you got to have a King of the Mountain. I'll even take an Ultimate X match. Like We need we needed some, some TNA tradition at Slammiversary. And that's what we hopefully will get, either an Ultimate X match or a King of the Mountain. One of those two have to come back for Slammiversary, and the other comes back for Bound for Glory with that Collier shotgun at the same night for Bound for Glory. So we're going to get some stuff coming through in the next few months, getting us hyped up for Slammiversary. But right now we do have to go through Under Siege, where we will have the Coven hopefully lose their tag team championships to some team, whether it be the Death Dolls, or whatever may be happening with somebody who is debuting tomorrow, well, Thursday night. Dude, how fucking awesome was Dominic Mysterio getting booed uh, on Raw? Like, I know that it's WWE, so everyone watches it with like, a, oh, this shit sucks. But I was loving listening to him get his ass fucking booed. I thought that was so cool. And I've, you know, I've, I went to that AEW. I went to that Winter is Coming in December, and we were the best crowd. We were just, you know, oh, let's go, Jobber! Like we were having so much fun. So I was assuming this crowd was going to do the same. And when fucking Dominic was going to talk, it was so great that they would not even let him speak. It also confirmed how faked, how pre-scripted his promos are, because he kept saying the opening line, like he just kept doing it over and over, like. I'm not going to improv, okay? Don't make me. Don't make me try and improv. Uh, we're going to win this Sunday. At, or we're going to win this Saturday at Backlash. Woo! That was so cool, Gino. It was so cool. I'm just glad that Damian Priest, even though, yes, we know about the real man that Damian Priest is outside, but we already knew Punish Martinez, just him being a fucking dude who loves to fucking party and all the stuff we've seen from before. It's like he he never fucking shied away from the person he was. You know, don't so say we I'm, know. Don't say we know because none of us know that. It's just that's a you thing. So you need to let us know what we know when you say things like that. You're right. So we have seen pictures nope, of No, don't say we have. Don't say that. To tell the people who are listening to this from the first time um, what you what you mean when you say that. There are multiple pictures from the past of Damian Priest or Punch Martinez enjoying himself with other people being women normally. And we see him partying and just enjoying his life. So we know that he is just a party dude and him being able to portray this new character, this kind of millennial Zoomer using our terminology like you're done, it's finished, all these great things, you're washed, it all it's over. It's great things he wants to bring up just to be like, hey, I'm just like you guys. But like Priest, he's able to prove himself now and be able to be this top heel and fuck Dom. Dom sucks when we have Priest. Dude, Dom rules. Look at this. Listen to the crowd sit on their hands while this loser's talking. <sighs> what? He can't even get a what chant. This crowd doesn't give a shit about this guy. 
No one cares. No solamente in front of your fans, lo voy a hacer en frente de tu familia en donde tú dijiste en tu casa de Puerto Rico. Oh, his house. His house in Puerto Rico. No, eso no va a funcionar. En Puerto Rico, en Backlash, tú vas a recibir tu castigo. Dude, that was a good promo. Bad Bunny. Benito. At Backlash. Bad Bunny. You receive your punishment. Hey, that's your line, Gino. You like that. Yes, I love f fucking referencing his old game. Listen to this, dude. That's not piped in. That's fucking happening. Like, you can tell. Why, why would they lower the volume for Priest and then as soon as Dom... Oh, why, why weren't you playing the fucking thing? Why Just turn it up. Like, no, this is real, dude. We fucking hate this guy. We love Ray. We need to get him the chunkla. Dude. I can't. Boo! Fuck this guy. Fuck him, bro. In the chat, Gino's vacuum. Where was this at? This was in Fort Worth. I lived 30 minutes from this arena. I didn't fucking go. I got back from Minnesota on Sunday, and I just was like looking at Raw tickets. Like, nah, I'm not gonna go. Like, this was a great episode of Raw too. I should have went to the main event. Stunk, but I bet there was a great dark match main event. Right? Did what did Brian say was the dark main event? I don't know. Brian didn't tell me about the dark main event. He doesn't care about the dark matches. All that matters is that we know Randy and we got drafted at Dude, some I, point. That Seth Rollins Baron Corbin dark main event was so good. I like because I remember at that time thinking, "What a stupid feud!" Like the acting Raw general manager Baron Corbin and Rollins. I thought that was so stupid. But when they did that dark main event, it was really well done. Baron Corbin was such a good villain. You know, Seth was going to take the table out, and then, like, Baron beat him up. And then Baron's like, you guys want me to get the table out? And the crowd was like, woo! And then he's like, screw you, and he pushed the table back under the ring. And we were like, oh, fuck you, Baron. And then Seth pulled the table out later, and we cheered. Such a great way to end the night because they don't do heat. You know, there was no Sunday night heat taping. Although there was a main event taping where Cedric Alexander and Bobby Roode had, like, a 25-minute classic. And then I went to watch it on main event. It was like seven minutes. Like they chopped out a bunch of the match, which I never thought about that. Yeah, if it's just for main event, they probably don't need to put the whole thing on there. They're just putting little snippets. Even though people like you and me would love to watch a 30-minute class with Bobby Roode and anybody, especially Cedric Alexander, we would have loved to have seen during their short time of fucking TJ Wilson. We would have loved to see Tyson Kidd. Wrestle but for 20 minutes back. I wonder, but how often do you think that's happening? Like, when we're watching these main events, like, that, what did I just bring up? I brought up that uh, Dolph Ziggler match. Dolph Ziggler and Tyler Bate on main event. So, that the bell time they posted online was 9 minutes, 30 seconds. What if it was a 20-minute match and they just trimmed it down? Like, because, you know, they say, like, uh, I'm sure Kevin Patrick's like, we're going to go to commercial break, but don't go anywhere. This action will be right here on main event. And then they come back, and it's like Ziggler's got him in a side headlock. We missed 10 minutes of amazing match that they just cut because they thought, oh, that's not important to the television show. We're trying to sell – we're selling posters, damn it. 
even though we should be selling wrestling, but we are not a wrestling show. We're all about entertainment and trying to get people involved. That's why Bad Buddy is going to have a street fight at a pay-per-view. It's awesome. That's actually awesome. And it's sports entertainment. This this isn't wrestling. If you want to watch wrestling, you can just literally type in wrestling on YouTube and David David Starr will will pop up. Um because my coworker is kind of the same thing. Like he hasn't been enjoying Raw lately, and I'm over here. Like I don't know, Raws have been. They they feel like they've been flowing a lot better than they were six months ago. Because when I was trying to stomach a three hour Raw, I could not fucking do it. It was awful. And maybe the talking segments are just better. Like one thing Kevin brought up about like why do we have to watch a shitty Chad Gable match every week? Chad Gable's a great wrestler. It's not his fault that his matches don't mean anything. There's just nothing behind the matches. There's no suspense if he'll win or lose, and he'll just lose. So these Raws, in my opinion, have been a lot better than the previous ones. But I guess what everyone wants is shitty Raws. Like, there's no way to please the people because you either have a Raw with way too much talking and everybody's like, like you a couple weeks ago, fucking 12 minutes of wrestling on a three-hour show. And then there's other weeks where it's like so much wrestling and no storyline, no content. It's like, why do we give a shit about Piper Nevin versus who cares? Like, there's no stakes. There's nothing to make us want to watch. Vince Russo would be pissed. So Vince would Vince Russo would be pissed, but we sometimes do want a good wrestling match. We want to see a match like Chad Gable versus anybody just to show his catch his catch can ability, just show that this is wrestling. That Chad Gable is the master for a reason. Thank you, Dark Lord Equitus. But we need stakes. Having stories helps helps elevate the matches. Like my favorite matches of all time aren't because they were like really technically sound. Like when I think of Rock Austin at WrestleMania 19, I think of the story that they were telling in that match. I think of the buildup, everything that went into that, the emotions, all of it made for such a great match. And Hogan versus Rock, Chris Jericho he says, watch that match with the volume off. It sucks. It's like, but also watch the buildup and just watch wrestling history. How much is happening in that ring right now? They don't even have to touch. It's amazing. So I, I, I agree. Like sometimes it is kind of cool to just have a surprise. Like who knew I would enjoy this Mustafa Ali ricochet match this much, but other times I, and that some of those matches, had, you can still tell a story in the ring, but Chad Gable and, and Otis in a tag match against the Street Profits for the 39th week in a row, there's there's no way to get me interested in that. Unless it's suddenly like, if we lose, we'll never team again. Or, hey, the winners are getting tag title shots. Like, something to make me give a fuck. And that's why when we did have, like, Mustafa Ali, Maven Ali, and Ricochet, even before the Maven, when they had Ali as retribution, we had a whole build-up and story with Ricochet. Be like, he will join them eventually if Ricochet loses to Ali. We had, like, stakes being involved. Geno says, I think we just need more Limp Biscuit in video packages. That's true. I, I'm not against having some Limp Biscuit my way or Crack Attic packages to get us pumped up. Yes, that'd be great, but I don't think we could see here or see Crack Addict anymore in 2023. We got to see some Bad Bunny hype video packages instead. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm excited for that match. I know that you, you're kind of shitting on it a little bit, but Bad Bunny, because you don't have a wife and kids. My wife wants to watch this match. Like, that's, I can't get her to, like, you got to watch Damien, or you got to watch Damien Priest versus Dolph Ziggler. It's going to be awesome. She didn't give a fuck. Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny. Oh, my God. I don't know what Damian Priest is, but I want to see Bad Bunny wrestle. Hey, Logan Paul's fighting Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, interesting name. I'll watch that. Like they, I know that the celebrity involvement helps. 
Like the people that don't give a fuck. Seth Rollins, you know, what a name. Like, and, and I brought this up. Like Vince Russo and me, uh, we both we were the same. Seth Rollins isn't over. Nobody's over anymore. These guys can walk through Tom Thumb or Kroger and no one would say shit. I guess that's true for some of them, but there are some people like Damian Priest who can't go anywhere without being noticed. I'm pretty sure if he walked through the airport, no one would say shit. Like, I know he's tall, but it's not like you would like, Damien, come here, take a picture. I'm shocked Rhea got all that attention. It's because we're all horny wrestling fans. Even though we all should be more fans of Damon Priest. He's over right now. He's popular. He uses the kids lingo nowadays. He's the best. I do. Hey, look, I like Damian Priest. I mean, you know, I'm excited for this match. He's a big reason why I'm excited for it. I think this is a logical, hey, they teamed up last year. Now they're fighting against each other. It's in Puerto Rico. They're both Puerto Rican. They're going to put on a great match. Do you think it goes on last? I think this is going to open the show 20 minutes with these two. I think it might go on last because you can have, you can end the show with Bad Bunny celebrating and because there's no we have Brock versus Cody on this card that might go on last. There's no Roman Reigns match, right? Am I am I have I been asleep? Currently, there is no Roman Reigns match, but we still have one more SmackDown, so we could get Solo versus Roman for all we. We're not booking. Yeah, there's no way that we're booking a a, Ro- a Roman title defense, a Smash booking. On a Friday night. Like, no, that's. They like having these premium live events in between the pay per views because they don't have to put him on there anymore, which I think is bullshit. Um, I think that's. that's Every card that doesn't have him on it is lesser than all the other cards. Like, you know, when I when I was watching wrestling in the 2000s, the champion defended. That's why you ordered the pay per view. You wanted to see the title defense. That was the biggest thing on the show. And here we are now. It's like San Juan Street Fight. That's going on last. Like, what else would you do? Theory, Bronson Reed, and Lashley? No thanks. Omos and Rollins? I mean, I guess Lesnar Cody can go last. I really, if anything, I think the best, the greatest wrestling match of all time, number two, is going to be the main event. That should be Omos versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is going to be able to carry Omos into his greatest match of all time. <clears throat> I, like, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong, but I do think Omos is just losing another match for Seth to kind of look better going into the, the what's this tournament called? The King of the Ring tournament, where he's going to become the new world champion, you know? So, Omos is going down again. Is there a future? We've talked about this before. There's no future for Omos, right, in WWE. Like, it's kind of already – it's ran its course. The Monster's already lost enough times, and we, we it's not it's not interesting. His squash match sucked on Monday. I was hoping they were going to put over that other guy. I thought the crowd was going to go, oh, let's go, jobber. I thought we were all getting ready to do that, but it didn't happen. Yes, sad it didn't happen, but I think Omos and his Homo Sapiens are getting over. We're getting that phrase over Homo Sapiens on Twitter. Him being a big anime fan, I think also grew his popularity to people. Like, oh, he loves anime too. We could all discuss anime. There was the whole day we were just responding to questions about anime and how much he loves anime. So, like, he does have a great, strong, growing fan base of Homo Sapiens. Uh, New Day. Uh, New Day gets trapped in a raw. Xavier Woods says, "Like, we're coming back. Positivity." Have they been around lately? I haven't. I know Xavier Woods had a match with like LA Knight. I haven't really seen New Day for a year. I feel like ever since Biggie broke his neck, they've been really quiet. Um, like is is there any chance that it's like they're they're back in the spotlight and they're being pushed as a main tag team, or um, are we? Is it time to separate them and break them up? Like what are we doing? 
I don't think we should ever break up the new day. Well, we got to have it. I think it's going to be a great program, whether or not Biggie comes back if he is able to wrestle again. We can have the new day and the maximum male models feuding to the end of time, and I think it'd be entertaining, no matter what, whether it be comedic or serious. They'd be able to do it a great job. All right. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Are you going to be back tomorrow, Gino, for the whole fucking show? I will be back tomorrow for the whole fucking show. I'm very glad that that we were finally back here and you're back here safe and sound. I'm back from Minnesota. It is so great to be here. Channel 143 says, Xavier on his own? Come on. Dude, we can do it. But give him that boxing gimmick that he had in TNA. Channel 143, thank you for that ace lime. But let's do this. Let's let's go. Let's ride off into that sunset. And what we'll do tomorrow is we're going to watch AEW Dynamite. I only watched clips from last week. Daniel Bryan kind of sucks. It's kind of funny to listen to him try and be a badass and then know that he won't go to Saudi Arabia because they're unfair to women. It is wild, but like, and also him trying so hard not to like just tell everybody, hey, Kanosuke is going to turn on the elite. He's going to join us yeah. and Hangman's coming back. They try to make it be like, oh, he could. He'd be so great. It's not at all like it's obvious that Don Callis tried to push them, didn't force him into uh, the elite and that he's just going to turn on them and like it was Don Callis being the fucking idiot invisible hand not really doing what he's supposed to to set up for this perfect alliance it sucks but what i do have to say since we are ending this off something i want to say i'm proud of is nikki crosby will submit her master's dissertation about the history of women's wrestling it's a great job for her